Welcome to Marvelicious Toys. We bring you news and reviews of Marvel toys, statues, and more. Because not all Marvel collections can be bagged and boarded. Hi, and welcome to Marvelicious Toys, Volume 2, Episode 24. It's the podcaster's return. This is Marjorie. And this is Arnie. And this is Justin. Welcome back to Marvelicious Toys. You know, we just kind of... Our collector sense started tingling that something was going wrong and we needed to come back. We needed to come back quickly. <laughs> so here we are. It has been a crazy period here. So apologies for the long delay with no word. Uh, Marjorie and I had to move an entire collection and that is no fun. I am never moving your collection again. I'm done. No. This was a four, six month process moving, I think, because we, we moved halfway across the country and found a house accidentally quicker than we anticipated. So moved out into a new house and packing up a collection is not for the faint hearted. I am so sick of seeing U-Haul boxes. However, if you need packing advice, I know everything at this point between hanging out with the guys, packing up our house and packing as much as I did. I can pack a box that is impervious to damage. <laughs> Saying packing up a collection, I think really undersells it though. I mean, that, what you guys did was closer to moving a museum, you know? I mean, honestly. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it was a lot. I mean, it, it took, how many trucks, Arnie? Two and two thirds, 52 foot trucks to get us down here and honestly one third of one truck was anything other than collection so it was you know you collect for 40 years it sort of accumulates you know you get some sideshow statues those things are big I've decided I'm going to start a series of reboxing videos because nobody <laughs> cares about unboxing videos. But when you've got to put those things back in, I could have used some help. So I'm just going to start doing that as soon as I open something. <laughs> I'm then going to put it back away and video it so that everybody can benefit from my experience. Because let me tell you, trying to rotate, does She-Hulk go this way or does She-Hulk go that way in the styrofoam packaging of a sideshow box? Tedious? frustrating, stressful. I mean, nothing is as bad as the general Grievous premium format that is like defusing a bomb. But <laughs> I gotta say, putting Galactus back together again wasn't exactly a, a, a walk in the park. I love it. Marvelicious reboxed. <laughs> Seriously, there are no resources for that kind of thing. And I'd say 99% of the unboxing videos, they're already out of the box. That doesn't do any good. Show me the box. Show me where you take things out. That's not an unboxing video. Goes, hey, I'm going to open this box. And here's the item right here. What do you think? There's no, you need something in the middle there. Watch the end of seven. That's how you do an unboxing video. <laughs> <laughs> hey, spoilers. <laughs> So no, it was, it was crazy and every single spare moment was devoted to putting figures in coffins and putting coffins in boxes and, but collecting still went strong. It's not like Hasbro decided to pause while we were out of it. I wish they would have <laughs> for just a little bit. Give me time. Yeah, it's, it's been a crazy year so far. I mean, we're halfway through the year and we've, we've gotten quite a few waves. We've seen quite a few things that are still coming out. 
and we're not even to comic-con time yet so like we still haven't gotten like hey here's the big stuff coming out for the rest of the year so it's it's been crazy so far and i can't imagine keeping up with it and moving halfway across the country all at the same time so it is comic-con time though justin because you know what came up in my amazon photo memories today Hmm. you me and chris gore putting a panel on at San Diego Comic-Con. That happened on this day a few years back. Nice. Nice. That's a fun memory. <laughs> so that was it, that was when I really realized I miss San Diego because it's, you know, one year off, you know, it was a bummer, especially the reason it happened, but because of the COVID, I can't say I was racing to go into a jam-packed international building. But I missed hanging out with you and hanging out with Daryl and all of our friends that we see at Comic-Con every year. But this year, I miss all of it. I miss the panels. I miss the reveals. I miss the booths. I miss the race to get in line for the exclusives. And of course, most of all, I miss my friends. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Like last year was one thing, you know, like you said, I, I'm glad they didn't have it last year. Obviously, if they would have left it up to everybody to make their own choice, I'm sure I would have made a poor choice and <laughs> decided to go, which probably wouldn't have been great. It's but, a collectible virus. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's an exclusive. I got the San Diego Comic-Con variant. Now you get the variant, <laughs> so all of them. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, now, you know, last year has been a blur in some ways and, you know, but now that we're hitting the time when Comic-Con should be, it's really starting to feel missed. You know, for all the reasons you pointed out, Arnie, it's just, it's also the time of year starts getting hot and humid around here. And it's just like, oh, I need, need a trip out to San Diego to cool down a little bit. But it is usually pleasant out there. That is always nice. Mm-hmm. But now, now we're still a full year away from, from being able to do it. There's, there's talk of that, that special edition there gonna do around thanksgiving but i don't oh, think it's there's not any... just around thanksgiving it's like thanksgiving, weekend. thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's that's all the news there is on it yet they haven't really announced what it is who's going to be invited who's going to be attending who's going to be presenting anything so as far as i'm concerned that's that's not really happening yeah it's not really san diego comic-con international anyway it's you know uh, the convention organizers are putting it on the same way they put on WonderCon. you know uh, to me that's a different beast and yeah, I'm just hoping that we can get back to the old normal next July and I'll be in person again at Comic-Con and getting the announcements. But I got to say, you know, I've enjoyed what Hasbro has come up with in the interim. I like their live streams. I really like that Dwight, Ryan, and Dan get out there every few weeks and do mini drops as compared to those huge data dumps at the con and you know it feels to me like i'm able to appreciate each announcement more and i wonder if they're having more sales because they usually announce and then it goes on sale like that day and so i wonder if that's carrying more pre-orders than announcing everything in july and some of it goes up for pre-order in september october yeah it'd be, it'd be interesting to see if there's a, there's a way to kind of meld the two together you know i mean for years san diego and other cons have been the way that they get this big news out there and now being forced to do it you know online and stuff like that i'm, I'm betting they're they're sitting around trying to figure out a way to keep the best of both worlds because it's i've i too have enjoyed a little bit more intimate setting of you know getting together online for these things but man the spreading it out part that 
that ends up being a little bit too much sometimes, doesn't it? I feel like every week there's like something else hitting like, oh, geez, another thing, another thing. Like even just today, Hercules dropped, you know, something we'd seen. It's like, oh, I didn't even know. So Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I they do that. The Marvel Monday single figure drops waves are for the week. It's all about individual figures now, I think. Hey, guess what? We don't have to put a build a figure part in if we put it on a card back instead of a box. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but so, the things the things with Comic Con that that I think I miss outside of you know it's always great being there for Hasbro and stuff like that. But there's things that we've found just incidentally, you know, walking around like that's it's where the metal I can't even remember who had it at first, but it's Comic Cave now as the Iron Man six yes. inch metal figures that we waited the, three years to get yeah, as i say the the figure that took forever <laughs> to get and they couldn't give us our money back we, yeah yeah play imaginative yes that's it yeah yep very good and other stuff <laughs> like that like the iron man briefcase uh battery chargers were things that we just kind of popped into all there and just all those little things that you don't have on your mind going into the con but when you're walking around it's like oh wow look at this so those are those are things i'm looking forward to getting back to yeah, I, I did mean, miss like, that aspect of just the random shopping and looking around and seeing what you could find. But I will say that more companies have really enhanced their online presence in relationship with shoppers and probably reaching people that they normally wouldn't get. And so I've found things that I probably wouldn't have seen before. It's, it's kind of fun because it's like a new marketplace. And not the, I'm not saying the internet's new. I'm saying it's like, since everyone had to turn to it, if they wanted to keep going... I think it's kind of neat that it's open to so many people. And I think it's really great that Hasbro is doing what they're doing. And I think it's, it's really nice that people who don't go to San Diego or New York are really getting a feel how much fun the Hasbro team is at Marvel and getting to know those guys and everything. And I think that's, that's, it's kind of an awesome thing that came out of it. I'm not sure though about PulseCon, you know, I'm very nervous about how are these figures going to be. I remember a year ago, PulseCon, and that's when COVID was at its highest. I had to take my little Iron Man Kona in for some service that day. And that was the day figures were going up. And so we pulled into a Starbucks. Of course, you couldn't sit inside. So we were sitting outside in the sweltering heat with two laptops tethered to our cell phones, trying to get last year's exclusives, the Hellfire set and everything on that day that was available first for the Pulse Premium members. And then everything was selling out and then having to go back the next day and finding out, I got one in May. (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the other crazy things that we haven't had a chance to cover is those, those, convention exclusives that became you know an online exclusive type of thing and then they were supposed to ship in i believe february or march and then it was there's people that were just getting them like two weeks ago and it's like holy cow you're getting an exclusive that was you know in most people's hands a year ago (laughs) but that's great i mean it, it gives collectors a chance to to get on those things you know yeah some of them stuck around longer than i thought they would but yeah we'll see how this one goes i would think that you know since it's all online more people have a shot whereas if they sell a huge allotment at the con then what they put online is you know five percent ten percent at maybe 25 percent of the total made you're gonna have far harder time getting those yeah and hopefully they they use sales and pre-sales 
on this again to judge interest because I think that's what the delay was. I mean, they sold out of their initial pre-made stock that were meant to be on hand at the con and then they went back into production and that's why it was seven, eight months later that that they got those out there. So we'll, we'll have to see how it goes again this year. And it's also when I was looking at Amazon Photo Memories, a year ago today was the lead up to the Sentinel with the HasLab. Oh. So yeah. That's got to be getting ready to ship pretty soon. I, uh... That seems like five years ago, though. <laughs> that's because <laughs> you we up- moved. Hey, important question. Did you update your shipping address? I did on all of my HasLabs. Okay. As in, nice. I have a few Sentinels coming. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to they're gonna get those two flatbed semis loaded up and headed your way again. <laughs> and that's just for four of them. That's how big they are. Well, you think that's big. The big news of the week is Hasbro has revealed their newest HasLab, Galactus. Oh, man. Like, worst kept secret or fulfillment? But I mean, I'm glad that that's what it was, but also it's like, yeah, kind of felt like we've known this for a while, right? Without actually knowing it. I mean, I was asking them about a Galactus HasLab last year when they did their interviews to fund the Sentinel and they talked to the fan sites and I'm like, so did you take Sentinel parts and think you could make a Galactus? And they're like, no, if we were to do a Galactus, we'd want a totally new sculpt and be completely original for that. And they did that. This is not you reusing any Sentinel parts. It's got electronics like the Sentinel does. I think though, they may not have reused parts, but I believe they reused the engineering because The Sentinel has 72 points of articulation, 20 of which are in each hand. Oh. Well, Galactus has over 70 points of articulation, 20 of which are in each hand. Yeah. I mean, it just makes sense when they're making figures big, like don't reinvent articulation styles each time. So if they're they're already using 3D software to create these things, why not just blow up some parts a little bit and start from there? Well, I'm a little bit... And I've talked to the Star Wars team about this. I think when Hasbro did the Katana, the sail barge, the first HasLab, they really spoiled us. There were constant updates. They were giving us a making of book that if you were to get this from Zavi overseas or something, you couldn't get that making of book. They provided us videos. Everybody who backed the barge got these updates. And now it seems like... HasLab's just a line of business, and they don't want to take the time to give us the updates. And I mean, I talked to the Star Wars team about this when they were doing the Razor Crest. I'm like, how come we're not getting updates on the Razor Crest? And they're like, oh, well, we'll take that feedback. But because the barge was the first, we did it. I kind of like some updates on the Sentinel before I start just backing the next HasLab. I mean, I know they're going to get it out, but... I just, you know, I'd like to see progress. I'd like to see prototypes, paint models. I'd like to just be part of it if you're going to be a backer thing. If you're if I'm a backer, then that means everybody who backed it is kind of like a shareholder in that project. And so the lack of transparency with every HasLab after the barge is kind of making me go, all right, well, I'm definitely getting Galactus, but I'd be so much happier if that Sentinel were in hand. (laughs) Yeah, See, that's what I was going to say. I feel what you're saying with the updates and stuff like that, but honestly, I'm okay without updates. I mean, mean, we know it's Hasbro, we know it's funded, we know it's coming, so that's fine. But I was really 
kind of surprised at the timing of this announcement because I was I was hoping to have a Sentinel in hand to know exactly what we're dealing with with these things. And then, you know, the next week, two weeks later, after these start coming to people, then drop a Galactus on us. Because now we're like, oh, yeah, these things are great. I can't wait to get another one. But now we have two. Like, even if you just bought one of each, you're in for 800 bucks for things that you don't know. I mean, come on, it's Hasbro. We know it's going to be quality. But there's always an off chance that these could be kind of crappy or subpar. They could be like Titan figures or something, Titan heroes. <laughs> I mean, I doubt it. I'm just saying there could be some unforeseen production problem or some unforeseen problem with a type of plastic they use where all the knees start to snap or something. I'm just saying, it would, to Arnie's point, it would be nice to have one in hand before asking for more money for another one. I'm going to go the opposite way. I mean, I definitely agree it would be nice to have it in hand, but this is the steepest HasLab they've ever done. They need 14,000 backers just to fund. That's not any stretch goals or anything. Now, I did my research on this. Cookie Monster, they only needed 3,000. They didn't make that. The Sale Bards, their first one was 5,000. Unicron is the only one anywhere near this at 8,000, and they had to extend the HasLab to get 8,000. Mm. The Sentinel was only six. The Razorcrest was only six. 14,000? That's a big freaking number. They're already only, as of this recording, they're over halfway there, but most of those came the first day, and it's kind of, you know, trickled in a few hundred a day now. If people had Sentinels in their hand, and if there were people like us and every other toy reviewer out there making YouTube videos, just making people salivate over the Sentinel because we have them in hand, I think it would be great advertisement for Galactus, and you might get 14000 Right. That's what I'm saying. I want the previous one in hand, and then this is an easy ask. If you do the math, they only needed... million. If this was Kickstarter, they'd have a financial goal. And if you do the math, $350, which is what the Sentinel cost, times $6,000 for the Sentinel is $2.1 million. Galactus, $14,000 at $400 apiece means they need $5.6 million to make Galactus. Well, isn't the cost of materials like skyrocketing for everything, not to mention shipping? Yes. It is. However... I talked to somebody in manufacturing and they said that the plastic costs have actually come down a little bit from their peak, but shipping costs, labor costs and everything are still high. I've also heard speculation that what happened is they've looked at the Sentinel and been like, okay, materials have increased in cost so much in the past year, materials, labor, what have you, that they may be factoring that in for if it continues at the same rate and we're shipping these in a year, what's it actually going to cost us then versus what it would cost if we made it today or a year ago? But it's still steep. I mean, I want Galactus so badly, and it feels like they've announced Galactus. But what they've announced is maybe Galactus, if 14,000 people do it, and more, I want stretch goals to be hit. 22,000 people back the Sentinel. So you'd think maybe it's easy for 14,000 Galactus, but I troop built the Sentinel. Not too many people are going to troop build Galactus. Right. It's not 22,000 people that back the Sentinel. We don't know the number of people. It was 22,000 orders of the Sentinel, which 
could very well be 10,000 people who all ordered two. I mean, I know that's not the case, but I mean, we don't know what that number is. I was down for seven. Yeah, well, see, there you go. So it was it was actually 700 people in Arnie <laughs> that backed the Sentinel. <laughs> the other thing is the Sentinel was mi- limit five per order. Now, I didn't order seven all at once. I didn't even order five all at once. They kept adding stretch goals, and I kept throwing money at them. But here, they've made it limit five per person or five per pulse account at least instead of five per order so now they've increased the steepness they need more people because if somebody wanted to buy 10 as an investment because i've seen the sentinels already selling for 800 on ebay pre-sale if people wanted to just buy it now and profit later because every HasLab has really gone up on the secondary market. They can't do that now. And I don't know why Hasbro would want to stop that from happening because prices are only going to increase more on the secondary market if you limit supply. Right. I mean, and they, they don't make any extra money for after sales. They sell it, and that's as far as Hasbro's relationship with the customer goes. But, yeah, I mean, it'll, it'll be interesting. I think Hasbro has probably learned quite a bit over the last few campaigns, and I'm guessing this is probably the most dialed in with analytics from their customer base to date. So I'm, I'm guessing 14000 is actually a really doable goal. I don't know. You want to take a guess at where this lands? I'm, I'm feeling like this is going to end up right around that same mark as the Sentinel, right around 20,000 backers when it's all said and done. I have a feeling that Galactus is going to struggle a little bit only because we're getting more Haslabs back to back than we had been getting before. They're kind of spaced out. The Rancor is going to start almost right after this. There are a lot of people who do dual as far as the licenses. There's people who just collect toys. I kind of feel it's a strain on some people, and I'm worried that Galactus won't go too far over if he hits the 14,000. Admittedly, Hasbro didn't mean to announce the Rancor. Whoops! (laughs) No. But... I have friends who are collectors, a lot of them, and at least one has said bluntly to me, I'd love Galactus. I would have backed Galactus, but I'd rather have a Rancor, so I'm going to save my money and just back the Rancor. Now, maybe he'll change his mind as Galactus gets closer. Maybe FOMO will hit, but he probably would have backed Galactus already (laughs) if it hadn't been for a certain slip of the tongue. But I'm nervous that we're going to have trouble hitting 14K. Now, you're right. The team at Hasbro, accountants, have exact insight into the question of how many people ordered Sentinels versus how many Sentinels were sold. I don't have that data. but And I don't have exact data on the cost of manufacturing. What I can tell you is the average Marvel Legend figure didn't jump from $20 to $45, which would be the approximate increase as needed for Galactus. They have to take in unknown shipping costs. They have to take in unknown material costs. They have to take in all this stuff. So basically $400 at 14,000 units and whatever profit margin they have inside of that is the least they're willing to accept. Anything over that, they're just happy with. Yeah, I just, if they take the international sales into account, and they've been more open with international sales than ever before on a HasLab, you don't order through Hasbro Pulse. Hasbro Pulse doesn't have distribution rights in those countries, but Zavi in the UK, a place I order a lot of steelbooks from, they're going to have Galactus. Other places internationally will have Galactus. If those sales count, 
then yes, I could see it going over 20,000. If only pulse sales count, I'm hoping 16. I think those sales will count. I think that's part of what we see towards the end of these campaigns when there's like these influx of big numbers. I think it's them behind the scenes taking orders from the Zavi or whatever other companies are out there taking orders or trying to at least feel out their customer base. And then Zavi will put in an order for X amount through Hasbro. And those those are reflected in the total backers, I believe. Well, all right. We've kind of gone through the math, gone through the numbers, because when you're buying a $400 toy, I mean, keep in mind, you can get a die cast Iron Man hot toy for the Galactus. And Galactus is going to be more than twice as tall. But I'm just saying (laughs) you're in high end collectible spending now. But let's talk about Galactus himself, though, because freaking cool. Oh, yeah. I mean, despite my hopefully constructive criticism about timing and goal to make him, they have to make him. This is a absolutely gorgeous figure. 32 inches. Yeah, that's about six inches bigger than the Sentinel. In their video last Friday, they put them next to each other. Sentinel came up to Galactus's shoulder. Yeah. At some point, when you start talking in inches, it, it really, you know, it's hard to visualize. So it's always nice to have these photos of things that are comparable to another. My favorite picture is the Galactus standing next to the Marvel Legends. And it's like, it comes right up to the top of his boot. And it's like, okay, now, now I know how big we're talking. Which is absolutely perfect, because if you look at... The Jack Kirby cover of Galactus being attacked by the Fantastic Four. Captain America is there smashing his shield into Galactus's boot. And Captain America is exactly that scale in that drawing. He is just about the height of Galactus's boot in that. And style-wise, it feels a lot like... I was about to say recent, but it's probably 10 years since we've gotten the Galactus from <laughs> from Marvel Legends line or the Marvel Universe line, I guess it would be even. I think it was like 2010, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's been a hot minute, right? Yeah. But in that same stylistic vein is that one, but just way more detailed. Yeah, the amount of detail and sculpting on him is crazy. Just the his skirt is actually somewhat articulated. You can move it out so you can get more movement in there. You can see he's got a six-pack under his armor. You can see looks like veins and wrinkles in the legs, the outfit. The paint on it, it, the amount of paint apps that I'm looking at here with the black stripes and the blue dots on, on each part, there's so many paint apps. It's down to the boots that have little blue dots next to the silver fronts of his kiss boots. <laughs> kiss boots. <laughs> what surprises me is, and because it feels like it should be a stretch goal type of thing, is that right away upon funding, he comes with three different head plates, which is awesome. But that, to me, that feels like that would have been a stretch goal for the Sentinel, because that's how we got those extra heads there. Yeah, but these aren't extra heads. I figured they were face plates like Modoc has. And th- yeah, they're face plates. That's exactly what they are. I keep hoping that they will offer totally new heads as stretch goals. They said the first stretch goal they've teased is going to be a six-inch figure. It's not going to be a new head or anything. Oh. But I would kind of hope they could do like the Dormammu head Galactus from that merging comic. 
Yeah, that'd be cool. But it does have me wondering, outside of a figure or two like they did with the Sentinel, what kind of special stretch goals could we see here, like accessory-wise? Like, I would, I'd like to see, like, maybe a base, like another Celestial's head as a base, you know, as part of it. Like old Toy Biz days where they used to do those sculpted bases. A lot of people are thinking maybe the figures would be the Heralds. Oh, yeah. Silver Surfer, re-release. What I think they might do, if you look back to the old Fantastic Four line at Toy Biz that they were doing when that Fantastic Four cartoon was on Fox in the mornings of Saturday. Oh, yeah. They made a Galactus in that line, and he came with a planetary converter, which is, it looks like a big drill with two handles. It's it's like a jackhammer and a drill in one, and that's from the comics. He does use a planetary converter to eat his planets. So I wonder if they might add a planetary converter as a stretch goal. There you go. That's a pretty good guess. So I guess the real question is, is since he's not an army builder, how many do you feel like you need? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I assume you'd need one, and knowing you, you'd probably get a second for a backup. Redundancy, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, one for mint and box, one to open. Sounds about right. The batteries aren't included, so if you leave them in the box, it's going to be okay. Very good point. There are three faceplates. Why did you have to bring it up, Justin? (laughs) Because at the time of this recording, there's 7,333 people that are hoping Arnie orders already so we can close this gap. (laughs) (laughs) I actually was one of the very first orders. Before they posted the link, I went to HasLab and it said zero backers when I went there. And I placed my order, and when I went back, it said 92 have sold. So I was in the first 100, maybe the very first. (laughs) So if you're waiting on me to order three, no. The only reason I could see ordering another one is I don't feel it's scalping when anybody can order however many they want, or five at least, right now. On the secondary market... I'd probably be able to sell it for double, and then I could go back and get Mint on Card, San Diego Comic-Con Sentinels from the MU line. Those sell The Galactus San Diego Comic-Con exclusive from the Marvel Universe line is selling on eBay for 400 Wow. And that's like the baby brother <laughs> of this. It's so tiny <laughs> compared to this. Well, I'm definitely down for one, possibly two. I might, I might do the backup version or have one in box for sure. But one of the things that I keep seeing around is we have to keep in mind that every day there's new collectors. You know what I'm saying? So there's people that don't understand how this works. They might not have been paying attention when the Sentinel was announced and how that went down. You know, watching these numbers continue to grow, I think we're going to hit our goal pretty soon. But you have to understand that there's people that are still asking a question like, okay, if I hit order now, do I have to pay right now? And it has to be explained. I was like, nope, you're going to get charged at the end of the campaign. So you have, you know, 40 some days to make sure you have that money available. People don't necessarily understand how this works yet. So the more the word gets out and the hype this this thing gets up there, I have no fear that this is going to hit its goal. You are more optimistic than I, but I think that's pretty standard for each of our personalities. (laughs) (laughs) The thing is, I just want it so badly. (laughs) It's so cool. Now, I have heard one person kind of grouse that they wish it was more comic accurate with the colors they've done, the deeper purple, 
the colors on the boots. It's a bit more of how he looked in like Marvel Ultimate Alliance or some other video games, the Fortnite even, the Fortnite Galactus. Oh, yeah. But I actually love the detail. I mean, if you go with the old Kirby art, the printing just couldn't do that amount of detail back then. And so here, I'm loving the amount of detail. I wouldn't want the flat, true to Kirby, where the boots are just pink and there's no other color. It's just all pink boots. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's, this is the Marvel guys being smart as far as, like, how many of the collectors out there are hardcore, classic, comic-only figures, and how many are more into the characters and are cool with updated versions of them. You know what I'm saying? Because we don't see that many classic, classic comic figures anymore. I mean, it's one sprinkled in to every third wave here and there. If you were to do a original-looking Galactus, I might be like, eh, it's cool, but it's it's not my Galactus. No, if somebody wanted that, I'm pretty sure you could buy yet another one of these and paint it. Yep. And the sculpting is close enough. You can just sand off a lot of the detail, and there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I need four. Oh, see, Justin, <laughs> look what you did. <laughs> I'm just making sure we get back. <laughs> no, this is going to be huge, though. Again, one of the things I keep thinking is display. Anyone who likes to keep their toys on detolfs is going to be needing to go back for bigger furniture when the Sentinel and Galactus arrive. Yeah, you basically have two new toddlers entering your home as soon as both of these show up. <laughs> Except they only cost $400 versus what is the average cost of raising a child? <laughs> $2.5 That's just raising them. Never mind buying them. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> if it were one inch taller, it would literally be half my height. Whoa. Because I'm five foot six. So that's 66 inches. Well, I'm going to I'm going to customize you a couple little inch tall platform shoes for your Galactus so you can have exactly a half scale Galactus <laughs> for you. <laughs> but I do love the finger articulation. It takes me back to the old toy biz days when they did that. And you can have him holding figures or you can have him just balling it up into fists. No, I mean, I love this. I love that this is the next HasLab. One thing I would hope Hasbro Pulse would be looking into by now is Sideshow and Hot Toys, they do this flex pay thing. And I think that would help a lot of collectors click that buy now button if they knew that they could pay 50, 60 bucks every month for a few months. Because, I mean, if they get their backers, Hasbro knows that they can make it and they don't need their cash right away. Like, they can spread out their getting the cash by a few months. I do agree. I don't endorse people going into debt for this. It's at least not if you have no way to pay it off in a very quick amount of time, because the interest rates are going to just eat you alive if you're putting it on a credit card. And then you might as well be better off just waiting. And when you have cash in hand, getting one on eBay, it's going to cost more, but not as much as if you put this on your credit card and don't pay it off for three years. I would never advocate going into debt over something like this just because it's not worth it to pay that much more for it. I mean, you're thinking yourself, if you put a little bit aside, you could probably buy it on the second market. I think you're right, Arnie. And it, you're much better on your own interest rates than you know the bank is. But yeah, I see your point. 400 is a big chunk. At least they've teased this long enough and told people 
through social media. If you're just an average collector, you may not have seen their messages if you're not watching the live streams, but they've told people, put away your pennies for this rainy day. And I think we've known a Fantastic Four HasLab was coming for about three months. You know, I remember the last time I interviewed them, I joked that it was going to be a Fantastic Car. Everybody knows that going to be Galactus, <laughs> but the only other thing it could be is a Fantastic Car or the Mole Man's creature from Fantastic Four number one. But right, no. people sh- could have started already putting away a little bit. Yeah, they could have they sold their old Galactuses already. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, as a Marvel Comics insider, the fact that I'm going to get 140,000 Marvel Insider points for this. The fact that Arnie's going to get his own comic book before this is all said and done. (laughs) (laughs) Forget the guest appearance. It's going to be Arnie the the Cooler is going to be episode one here pretty soon. Yeah, unfortunately, it's only two redemptions per account. So it's not like I can be like... Okay, I want 42 cameo appearances in a comic. Oh, you mean I'm the star now? (laughs) But I think that's an awesome thing to do. The three faceplates, I mean, two is normal. That's what Sideshow did, you know. The Sideshow Galactus I have has two faceplates, and one's angry face and one's stoic face. But I don't have no zombie Galactus dead face. Nice, yeah. That That was the most surprising part to me, is that they went that deep. Right out of the right out of the box. That felt so stretch goalie. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> and speaking of Sideshow, you know, Sideshow Collectibles has a new Galactus maquette coming out. The maquette is eight hundred and fifty five dollars. It's only twenty six inches. It doesn't have any posability. <laughs> Bad time to announce a Galactus. I mean, if you could only have one, I'd have the Hasbro one by far. It, the new Sideshow one has no removable faceplate. He has flames in his hands, but you could just go and get some of those. Is it Bandai who makes the flame effects you can just buy separately? Yeah, like figure type of things. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, Hasbro blows this out of the water in size. Articulation. It's not quite as glossy because it's plastic instead of polystone, but it's bigger has more options it's going to be a more impressive piece overall than a 26 inch galactus that's like really tiny for a world eater it's much smaller than the one i have but no to the sculpting team and engineering team at hasbro i salute you the only reason i grouse about the target number is because i need this in my life i don't know where i'm gonna put it i guess i could make a toddler's room for him Get a little kid's bed. Well, I'm here to calm your nerves. I would say I'm 99% positive this thing will be funded. It is a good sign, I guess, that it did fund this much over the weekend. So, Well, they only got about 1,000 over the weekend. 6,000 were in the first day. Mm. We'll wait till next Friday when it's another payday. Yep. People people are right now figuring out, can I talk my wife into making this okay? Can I I hide this? (laughs) And I'm sure there's a number of, I mean, think about how many comic book and collectible shops there are around the country that are going to put in orders for three to five of these 
they just they haven't done it yet because they they understand how it works. They have 40 days to get the order in. There's there's all kinds of things that just haven't happened yet. The most excited of people have already ordered. But, we'll get there. Well, thanks again to the Hasbro team. Now, some other pretty recent things that have happened in Marvel. Last weekend was Black Widow weekend. You guys go to theaters and see that, or did you Disney Plus it? I did, I got off my butt and I went to the theater for the first time in the beginning of this. I think the last movie I saw before this was oh geez, it's been so long. It might have been like Wizard of Oz or something. I don't know. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I can't remember. But yeah, it's the first time I've been back to theaters, and I'm glad I went. I'm glad I went and saw it on the big screen. It was. It's an event movie, you know, so just watching it at home and with all the Disney Plus stuff already, I feel like if they're putting out a movie movie, I want to see it in theaters. I watched it on Disney Plus. I did not feel like going to the movie that day. I wasn't feeling well. So I begged out and watched it Saturday morning and it was pretty damn good. Arnie, you're probably doing a review on it, so you can't talk too much about it. (laughs) Yeah, that review is out now at nowplayingpodcast.com. You can listen if you want to hear over two hours of in-depth discussion and analysis on Black Widow. Wow. As long as the movie's runtime, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll say this. I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. My only, only complaint about it is kind of a real world consideration is that I really wish this movie came out after Civil War five years ago. Charlie told Ross what you did, so they're coming for you. I'm not the one that needs to watch their back. It just would have felt more impactful overall, not knowing where Black Widow ends up after all these other movies. Right. It should have come out instead of Captain Marvel, in my opinion. I think that movie could have fit better after Infinity War and Endgame just to get that origin story going. But yeah, this needed to come after Civil War. The one thing that I did not like about this movie that they did, which is they handed a key piece to Natasha that Yelena had that she... that. Natasha shows up with in Infinity War, the vest. I was not really curious where this vest came from. I don't know about you guys. I mean, it was a cute vest. Not saying it was not nice, but at no point watching Infinity War, they go, hmm, Marjorie, where do you think that Black Widow got that vest? It doesn't fit in with any of her costumes. Never once. You know, prequel movies have this fetish about telling us where clothes came from that I never wondered like I never wondered where did Wolverine's leather jacket come from but that became a big point of X-Men Origins Wolverine of this is my dead son's coat and I'm giving it to you you know I mean it's like it's clothing they picked it up along the way I feel what you're saying there, Marjorie, but I kind of appreciated it because it does help remind you and not necessarily us because we're so into it, but like the average viewer, it might remind them like, oh yeah, this is taking place before we see Black Widow in Infinity War where she's wearing this vest again. But it speaks to my bigger problem, like I said, is when this movie actually came out. If it would have come out before Infinity War, you wouldn't need that. Exactly. Yeah. I also think we should really take a moment here and appreciate what a delightful villain Julia Louis-Dreyfus is. I think she was kind of sharpening her claws on Veep as Selena Meyer. And then here, I think she's going to be a great villain in the next phase of Marvel. She's been great. she's a villain. I mean, I don't know that she's a villain. I don't know what she is. Yeah. With the people she's talking to so far, it might be a Thunderbolts type of thing. Who knows? But she's good at being a little 
shady here and i think she's a great actress anyway but i that's one thing i'm looking forward to see where she plays in and how well she does i do want to ask though justin you're the biggest taskmaster fan i know and this movie took some liberties with taskmaster how do you feel i mean did it i'm still really excited for my figures and my hot toys of the taskmaster from this movie but i wondered did it change your opinion I mean, obviously the suit they chose was badass, but what did you think of the character? You know, and this is kind of the same thing that I had with the Mandarin too, where it's like, you have people that get all upset that they're using a character from the comics and bring him into a realistic real world movie situation. And it's not the same as it was in the comics. And it's like, yeah, but those characters are never going to be brought in to be the way they were in the comics. So it's either get them in with like a twist or forget about them because they're not going to happen. So yes. This is not the Taskmaster we know in the comics, because obviously they did something completely different here. But I like what they did. You know what I'm saying? It's Taskmaster is never going to be a major villain that's going to weave in and out of the MCU over time and stuff like that. It's always going to be a one-off villain. And since that's the case, the way they handled it here, I think tying it into this story is the best way to go about it. To me, the action with Taskmaster was the best part. When Taskmaster is rolling a tank through Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. Like Budapest. 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 <laughs> but it was almost like a G.I. Joe because who's driving the tank? Is Taskmaster driving the tank while Taskmaster's also on the turret gun, head poking out of the tank? It reminded me of like the G.I. Joes where you just put your figure in the top and they were like driving around. <laughs> it's like, who's piloting this thing? <laughs> right. No, but it was, it was cool. And like, I still like the look that they came up with. It's just... That's the other weird thing that, you know, we haven't talked about is that we've been familiar with the way Taskmaster looks and Yelena's costume and Red Guardian, the way he looked in this movie for well over a year now. I mean, we've had these action figures for a long, long time now. Yeah, of course, as far as I know, we do not have the electronic Red Guardian Titan hero that is appearing in the movie. <laughs> that was clearly a titan hero right <laughs> or at least a wannabe one i mean it was yeah definitely a limited articulation with a full string <laughs> i felt like they got yeah. a captain america with the light up star from i don't know age of ultron or something and painted him red popped a new head on there threw a string on the back as i mean yeah of... the movie itself was was lots of fun lots of humor in it that i wasn't expecting like making fun of the the hero landing and posing that was <laughs> florence Pugh is really good if you haven't seen midsummer she was fantastic in that and i think that she's gonna be someone to watch i think she's gonna end up being a, a pretty decent star and loki as of this recording not over yet but there's been a lot of marvel tv i mean justin what's kind of been your favorite wandavision falcon winter soldier loki <laughs> well when wandavision was on that was my favorite thing at the time and it still is i still love it i think it's great i think it has quite a bit of rewatchability because there's so many little things in there you can go back and rediscover each time winter soldier and falcon played to me i mean it was it was fine i enjoyed watching it it just it played to me like an overly long movie you know it almost felt like they stretched out what they had into a, a miniseries when it could have really been taken care of in, in a two-hour movie and loki i've i've loved i've loved every minute of it after every episode i'm like oh i want another one and knowing that there's only one more left i'm kind of in that bittersweet area where it's like oh no i want to see how it ends but i don't i want it to keep coming 
but yeah i've really i think if i had to rank them it would be loki wandavision and then cap and winter soldier this is gonna not be what you guys expect me to say i felt that wandavision was the best even though i wanted falcon and winter soldier to be the best it did feel like a movie and would have been better as a movie instead of pieced up because i think we didn't also get enough of each character i think could expounded on that instead of having little snippets here and there I do think they left Winter Soldier out a lot. That's not why I don't think it's the best. Okay, so don't get me wrong there. But I feel like, you know, Arnie and I were talking that it should have just been called the Falcon because it's kind of like Winter Soldiers kind of forgot. Bucky was kind of like seasoning, but not enough. Like you're eating your grandma's house and you know how she like barely puts any salt on anything. It was kind of like that. I think his backstory and making right on his crimes of the past is kind of interesting and I think that would be a good series on itself but I do understand why they had to get Sam Wilson as Captain America as far as Loki goes I will tell you that Loki is probably out of all these the least I know anything about and I'm having trouble getting through the show a few times I do love alligator Loki I think he's the best so far to come out of this it it was alligator Loki and Agatha all along I think those are the two things that (laughs) people are gonna remember from the Disney series so I felt it a little hard at times to get through. And I don't know if it's just, if it's not my type of superhero comic kind of thing. Owen Wilson is doing a good job. I think that scenes he is in really just like they're going. He plays off everyone well. I think Tom Hiddleston can do like Loki and that's about it. And I did like Sylvie. I think she was pretty good. And I think she kind of kept it in line there, but it was not what I expected. And I don't know if I like it a lot but i mean it's not like i don't like it i just don't know if i like it if that makes sense i definitely enjoy the fact that they've kind of changed up the formula that so many people thought was going to happen with wandavision they kind of set up a mystery and then string us along until the very end to figure out what that mystery is and how this happened with loki it kind of looked like it was going that way but by the end of the first episode it's like oh okay so this isn't what we thought was happening and then they introduce sylvie immediately in episode two and it's like Okay, so this isn't going to be the big mystery. There's going to be something else that we have to figure out. I kind of like that. Kind of throws a curveball at you because you think, oh boy, we're watching TV and they're going to get formulaic already. But they didn't. I like that they have different creators on these shows and we're getting different types of styles and visions in these shows. It's been great. And every time I think looking forward, there's something that they've got on the horizon. Like, eh, I don't know if I'm going to be interested in that. Well, we all know how it goes. They start marketing it. And you start getting hyped up and before you know it, it's out. And it's like, oh, wow, I'm liking this a lot more than I thought I would. Which I guess the next one is Hawkeye, right? We got What If in between. So What right. If is what's immediately next. The animated series that has a lot of the original people coming back for voices, though. Very sadly, Chadwick Boseman's last performance mm-hmm. as anything as Black Panther for a voiceover of a What If. Uh, you know, it's kind of bittersweet there. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we got what if, and then, yeah, I believe it's Hawkeye later this year. There are 13 television series in development, <laughs> including a spinoff from Hawkeye of a character who we haven't even seen yet who's going to be in Hawkeye. So, it, you know, <laughs> She-Hulk, Ms. Marvel, it's all very interesting to me, and I can't figure out how they choose what's a movie and what's a show anymore. I mean, I look at Shang-Chi and marvel toy news just reported that a lot of those figures are already half off 
<laughs> and so that movie hasn't come out yet. You talk about them building up the excitement. I'm like crossing my fingers that the second Eternals trailer can build up that excitement for me for the Eternals, who I still think don't look like the most exciting action figures, but could be very good characters. But the long flowing gowns made it look more like a international fashion show than actual superheroes. <laughs> yeah, it's weird to be in, in a place where I mean, if you would have talked to me two years ago, three years ago and said, hey, would you would you be more excited for a, an online series from from Marvel or a movie? Well, at that time, obviously, it'd be like, oh, any movie that comes out is going to be something that I'm way more excited for. Take what was going on, even even Iron Man three over Netflix Daredevil. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but it's it's kind of flipped now. You know, I'm really enjoying these TV series and I'm not saying I won't enjoy Shang-Chi or Eternals, but so far they haven't got me excited. You know, I just can't wait for that Spider-Man No Way Home trailer where they got to spill some beans. There's so much talk about that movie and who's in that movie is Daredevil in that movie. That's a rumor. You know, I I don't know if that's a true rumor or not. I tend to lean no, but it's a pretty strong rumor out there. I need that trailer in my life. I think that one is a little bit of rumor control because there's so many things were leaked about who's in this movie early on, where I think that was supposed to be a surprise that like now they're starting to throw other things out there to throw you off. Like, Oh, daredevils in it and Kingpin and Snuffleupagus <laughs> and big bird. <laughs> the multiverse could Spider-Man from the electric company as narrated by Morgan Freeman show up in no way home. <laughs> <laughs> It's and not outside the realm of possibility now. Japanese Spider-Man shows up with oh, Liam that would be the, best. the mech. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be fun. So well, what we can know is that the, the story group at Marvel, I think, has a pretty good grasp on where the overall stories that they want to go are heading. So it, it, it's nice to know that some of these things that we're seeing in these TV shows like Loki and stuff like that are really just kind of priming us as an audience for the possibilities of things that we're going to see on the big screen in these other movies, like, you know, Dr. Strange is going to start getting into the multiverse and we're going to start messing around there. So I like how it's building on things. So we don't just get dumped into a weird situation in a movie and be like, well, that's weird. Why are we in this multiverse without any knowledge of it? Yeah, maybe. I don't even understand how timelines work versus alternate universes or anything like that. Are multiple timelines different multiverses? Or is a multiverse something separate from a timeline? I I know Ant-Man's going to get into this a little bit too. Ant-Man and Quantum Mania. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's just it. We're at the beginning of this process where they're getting us used to these ideas. And then the next eight years will be them explaining them to us. <laughs> Can you believe how comic booky the mainstream has become? Could you imagine if like the first iron man movie started having multiverses and things no they had to ground it they had to make it realistic as to why there was an iron man and why there was a captain america and introduce a new crazy aspect and then a new crazy aspect oh there's not norse gods there's aliens you can go with aliens let's go with aliens and there's not magic it's advanced science you can go with advanced science now we're just like screw it all you've got wizards and we've got <laughs> alternate dimensions and you can come for the ride or not but it is more 
like the comics I used to read than I could ever have imagined mainstream movies going. Yeah, the MCU has earned it over over the years, you know, and that's that's what's great about where we are, I guess, is just a really succinct way of saying what we're all feeling, I guess, is that this isn't trying to throw together a, a DC team of superheroes and get it done within two years because it's time to team up. It's like, no, you need to, <laughs> need to stretch that out and earn it. <laughs> and shave the mustache. <laughs> well, I think there's still some good things to come. I'm optimistic about Shang-Chi. I... I like Aquafina. I think that there's a lot of ninja movies coming out. I got Shang-Chi versus Mortal Kombat versus Snake Eyes. They all kind of look similar to me. So I'll I'll be honest. The times I've seen the Snake Eyes trailer, I thought it was Shang-Chi. And then I saw the Shang-Chi trailer. I'm like, oh, okay. And while we're catching up on all things collecting in this episode, we want to finish off by sharing with you guys a Hasbro interview we did a while back. Now, this was put out on our YouTube channel, but we wanted to put it in a show proper. And while this was done before the Galactus HasLab was announced, we'd always try to keep our interviews a little less time-specific these days. Instead of asking, will you make figure X, since they won't even answer that, try to ask some more timeless questions. So, I thank everyone at Hasbro and their PR company for setting this up and hope you enjoy this interview. Hey guys, thank you for joining us again on Marvelicious Toys. If you would, go ahead and uh, reintroduce yourselves to our audience. All right, yo, I'll kick it off. I'm Dan Yoon on uh, marketing. Dwight? Uh, that's me, Dwight, on design. And the big um, boss man Ryan, over there. I'm on marketing too, guys. Hey, what's up? Hey guys, thanks thanks for doing this. It's always good to see you, even if we're not seeing each other in person nowadays. It's kind of weird, but you know, we're all getting to know each other in these little squares on our computers. Your square's getting taller, man. What's going on with your hair there, buddy? <laughs> hey, you know, pandemic, what are you gonna do? <laughs> I like it. I like it. There you go. That's his that'll be his uh his um, retro card variant, right? <laughs> as much as much as I love the hair talk, because you know, I'm keeping as much as I can. <laughs> I uh, I think we all really enjoyed the the panel and the things you guys threw out there, and you know it's not as great as being in person, but you know we, we get the information, and so it's fun to see everybody's face. So I guess I guess our first question is, is kind of the way you guys kicked off talking about that retro line. It's been somewhat of a mystery, you know. I mean, you guys dropped it on us, and we have the exclusive um pulse that we were able to get, and then about a month or so ago they started showing up at Target stores awesome but I, I thought that they were supposed to be coming out to other retailers as well is that the case i mean i know they're not target exclusive but are we gonna start seeing them at you know gamestop walmart etc yeah so that was kind of um a, a late change to the plan um working with an early out program at target so as you said they're not exclusives by any means target just had some um, easter promotions going on leading up to it so we were able to roll the wave one and it ended up being waves one and two because uh, wave two was ready early, but that was just the plan to have it in at Target in March. And then it's like mid-April now. I think by the end of April, you should begin to see them everywhere. This is intended to be a, a mass or multi-channel offering. So at all the, at all the places that carry Legends, uh, you should be able to get them there. I do think that the current plan for Pulse is to focus on the special first edition two packs because those are $20. It's, it's a little harder for Pulse to ship smaller smaller items out in mass like that so um yeah dan has them there to, there so those are still available for anyone who maybe 
didn't quite know about the line at the end of 2020 and is now seeing these more ways. We revealed the third 2021 wave at FanFest. You can kind of see where we're headed with the line. A lot of great themes and different types of characters, heroes, villains, X-Men, Avengers, and such. So yeah, go go pick up your um, first edition two-pack. Still available on Pulse and look for the single figures everywhere soon, if not, if not already. So yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people have probably freaked out a little bit because, you know, they they might have seen the remnants there at the Target store and like, oh, did I miss these? And so there, there, there's going to be more chances to pick them up. Yeah, definitely. And also during your FanFest panel, you guys uh, revealed that Iron Man wave, giving you a chance to revisit that stealth armor Iron Man, which if I'm right, you guys haven't done since that two pack with Sharon Carter way back in the early days of Hasbro. Um, looking back at some of those older legends from those days, you know, you've upgraded and re-released a few of them like Ares, but a lot of those older figures have been really hard to get for collectors coming in late. Uh, the secondary market for like the Hulk wave with Fing Fang Foom was so expensive these days. Are you looking at revisiting uh, some of those characters for people who, who didn't get in back in 2008 or 2006 to be able to get upgraded versions of these characters? I think you'll be seeing some of those characters coming back out um, in some way or the other. Maybe not the costumes they were in back in those days, but I think there are definitely uh, a few of those characters from the early days that we're looking to find homes for in the line. Um, definitely updated, though. You, you won't be seeing uh, very many straight-up redecos of those characters, Um there might be an occasion for that somewhere in the line, but most of the characters back then just are so far outdated by what we have in our library today that I don't think you'd see any of the, I don't think you'd see, yeah, I don't think you'd see any of those, but maybe there's some I'm just not thinking of that are fine to just redeco and, and find a home for, but um, there's definitely quality characters from the early years Um and there's even a handful from uh, the Toy Biz era that we've not gotten around to yet. So, yeah, there's plenty of opportunities for us to find homes for those types of characters. And I think you'll definitely be seeing a couple of them uh, in the near future. So um, cool. to kind of answer that for you. Wait, are you guys asking for redecos? Redecos? Wait, no, what? no, 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 no. I said <laughs> upgraded versions. I meant with the new technology, you know, pinless arms and whatnot. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I think uh, we definitely are cognizant of those new um, collectors that are just jumping in. Uh, obviously, though, with the new wave of, you know, entertainment and all these other characters that we still haven't touched upon, right? Uh, we we definitely want to balance it out. You know what I mean? We, we always want to make... Uh, big portion of our fans happy but unfortunately we can't make everybody happy you know what i mean but uh i think we always try to look for opportunities where they're at yeah i think i think there's like two camps when we talk about those figures who were released a long time ago or some of those that were shown at a toy fair and never shipped right some people want literally that figure that was shown uh although the standards and quality have greatly improved since then so what the guys were saying like yeah you'll see some of those characters like we did with that rogue in the in the um, pyro two-pack those types of costumes but on an updated you know completely updated articulation scheme um it's a lot harder for for various reasons just to like bring back old figures that that maybe never shipped and i think if you if a lot of fans were honest with themselves, they probably wouldn't want them like that. They're Arnie, to your point, you'd like want the the updated articulation scheme on those. And, and we're we're aware of that. I think the last time that we did the Aries figure in 2017, um, Dwight and the team were like 
that was the last example I can think of of taking like a really old figure and updating a few parts on it. And it used to be a builder figure and then it was a single character. But those examples are kind of few and far between for us these days. Kind of following up on that, you know, you brought it up this time, not me. Uh, the figures that were shown and never released. Uh, you know, you've gotten to quite a few of them, you know, with Age of Apocalypse Wave, you finally got to AOA Jean Grey, although I do miss the soft goods that were shown back then. I thought that was kind of a cool little ad on her. Um, so when looking back to, you know, those days of things shown and not released, what characters are kind of on your bucket list that you would like to get to? Again, probably updated the way you did. You know, you've updated Blade and got Blade out there. You updated the Green Rogue and got Rogue out there and some of those others. But there's, there's a handful left. I was wondering what you guys wanted to get to. Well, I think some of, I mean, that's the, a lot of people look at everything that we've ever shown, but they forget maybe sometimes that some of that stuff was never figures. Like there was a whole pile of figures we showed for a toy fair fan vote, right? And that that means, uh, I don't even remember how many characters, let's just say there was 10 characters in that that we showed. Only one of those is real. Everything else was just a custom that we showed at that point in time. All, everything that we showed at that point was a custom. So none of those are were ever legit legends. They were just things that we put together to kind of get people talking. So you know, those get lumped into the same category as a figure that was shown and for whatever reason got dropped, you know. Um, but there's out of those, uh, man, I don't know. I guess the only one that I can think of that I personally would like to see get into the line would be Terror. I think the the Terror Inc. figure would be cool to get out. Um, he's just one of those, you know, just another weird zombie-esque type character that would be fun to put out there somewhere because I think you could have a lot of fun with him, um, you know, with making new parts and stuff and making him really cool and gross and he's just a oddball from those early days of i think he was in the fan poll right um yeah pretty yeah, sure he was so. so that'd be one that'd be one for me i don't know about ryan or dan yeah, he, was in the, he was in the sorry he was in the fan vote that songbird ended up winning but go ahead dan who's your choice i really want the phoenix cyclops i think that we showed didn't, didn't we show that one Dwight? Uh, uh that one was that one was tooled so that one did exist. I can't promise that it still exists, but that one was created. Yeah. Yeah. That I just love that uh that kind of look for Cyclops and just that story arc too. So maybe we could get like a Phoenix five pack. That'd be cool. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, that that's one of the things that I I just like that book too. So it was good. Absolutely. That one's mine. <laughs> I would say like uh the, the I mean this was released, but very limited. The um the Marvel Digital Unlimited rescue comic rescue figure. Um it's kind of like I would want a new version of it, but I think that's a that's a cool character. And then, man, Dwight, the the Marvel Legends marketing was so fast and loose back in the day. Like, can you imagine if we showed like uh, a bunch of figures that like look final now and then just never never did a lot of them? Uh, that would that would generate quite the reaction. And and Tony and the team did that a couple of years back at San Diego. You know, they would sneak a custom in there, a couple of customs every year in the diorama. Oh yeah, that's a little different than um. Yeah. You know, marketing images of it. Yeah, you never can tell with us. Sometimes we sneak something into the diorama and we tell you it's a custom at the time. And it, it, it is a custom, but sometimes we do actually have plans to make those things into the line. I think we did that with Sauron as well. You know, um, so you, you never know when we're just showing you something or whether we're just going to lie straight to your face and tell you that, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where that figure came from, you know. And Why? then, you know, a year later you get it on your toy shelf. So that's a happy little white lie, right? <laughs> 
and it's all part of the fun, right? It's all part of the fun of like getting together and looking at this stuff and then being surprised, happy and, and fat later on, you know? <laughs> I, I think that's a big part of it. I know that's how I feel on the lines that I collect outside of Hasbro. You know, it's fun to be surprised by things that you don't know about. Um, and it's more exciting to be going back to find out more information throughout the course of the year instead of just at one big trade show where you're like, great, I know everything. And now I'm just going to go into hermit mode for eight months and stockpile my buckets of coins till I can go to the stores and pick up these things. I like a, a, a little bit slower, steady kind of pulse of information because it keeps keeps me remembering what I still have to look forward to. And it keeps me more engaged in, uh, in you know, planning and thinking about what's yet to come yeah and i think i think you guys have a great balance of that too i mean there's there's times where it's like oh we're, we're spoiled months ahead and you guys have to end up showing us you know we get excited about it but you also have those occasions where it's a complete surprise you know i mean i'm, I'm looking forward to the new hologram iron man that you guys just talked about the presentation i mean I, i'm one of those guys that does get excited about the translucent figures <laughs> i have a, have a little bit of a, a thing for that but you, you did mention that there's some some challenges in bringing that can you, can you expound on what that might be i mean i'm kind of thinking some of the articulation being hidden or whatnot but can you tell us why that was particularly challenging this time around uh yeah i, I mean that one was developed in in covid lockdown so normally when we're working on any type of figure in development we have the whole team together right so when you have something that you can't quite solve yourself or if you have a question that's perplexing you you can walk over and talk to the engineers or if you're not kind of figure, if you don't really know what angle you should be taken on, you can go over to Dan and Ryan and say, "Hey guys, what's the what's the marketing hook on this? What's the reason for it existing?" Or in this case, you know, it's like, "How do I create deco for a figure when we're not painting traditional models at this point in time because everything had gone digital because it, we had to adapt, right? You know, so the entire um, model shop had already been working towards going." towards digital development for paint masters and other things of that nature. But it became painfully clear immediately that we were going to have to go that route um, and just go, you know, j jump all in or we're all, you know, screwed. So, you know, things like I got my Pantone books, you know, if you guys have, I don't know if you guys are familiar with these, you maybe you're not, you know, they look like I'm at Home Depot doing <laughs> my color swatches for my, uh, for my house. But we have all these types of things for doing standard colors. We have flat ones. We have metallic ones. We have piles of different uh, deco, which you can do well enough from your, your house, despite the discrepancies of sunlight, uh, incandescent light, fluorescent light. You know, all of those things play onto a deco sheet. But the hologram figure was all translucent. And all of our translucent chips are stored at the office. And not being able to get into the office in those early days was terribly difficult to figure out how do I make a translucent figure when I can't actually look at what I want to use as reference? And how do I then explain it to a painter who is sitting in uh, her house, you know, 40 miles away from me, who we can't actually get together uh, around a table and discuss things and compare samples from existing figures and you know, find that balance of where we want to go for, for this character. All we had was a handful of, of uh, images from the comics and uh, very early uh, Teams technology. I mean, there's all these different technologies now that are so like, oh, yeah, we use this stuff all the time. But, you know, it sounds it sounds crazy. But a year ago, it didn't. You know, these things didn't exist or we weren't using them. So it was a whole different way of getting to 
work on a figure and then figuring out how do you get all the lines you know, applied on top of it, what's the translucency or opacity of those details. And the first samples came in and they were absolutely horrible. We just specced a total, I wish I had one uh, here, but I don't have very many samples at my house, but the, uh, the blue was like super, super dark blue. And there was no translucency to, I mean, there was translucency, but it didn't look like a hologram. It looked like a giant chunk of, uh, I don't know, frosted ice, like, you know, but not like good kind of ice, like the ice that's been under the slush of your tires for the entire winter. And somehow it turned a shade of blue. So it was just, it was just really bad. And it took us a while to try to figure out, you know, we were like, we ended up having to take pictures of all of the trays and have those sent to the team. And that's still not ideal because the translucent chips are multi-layered. So you understand what that color is going to look like on a really thin piece, then kind of a middle thickness, then a heavy thickness. And then you have to think about what that's going to look like doubled because on ABS pieces, you're front and backs. And this is really, really a long conversation on it. And I hope this is what you are looking for because, yeah, no. you know, it was just kind of like all of those complexities all piled up to punch me right in the nose on the first pass. And it took two or three revisions to get to something that we're um, to where we're at now. And I think now the figure looks really awesome. And if you are one of those guys who likes those translucency figures, I think it's going to be a really, really cool piece for you. Um, but it was way more challenging than a standard action figure should be. I know we're coming up on time. So I have a final question just for each of you. While all of you hopefully have really long careers ahead of you with the Marvel Legends line, what is something you'd like to achieve with the toy line before the ride is over? You guys go first. <laughs> I want to think on that one. <laughs> I would love, uh, I love the retro six inch card backs, the, that line. So like, I would love to get um, one for like the X-Men animated series based, like one whole way of that. And then one on the 90s Spider-Man cartoon as well. Just like all animated series looks on those retro card backs. Like for me, those are like my bread and butter. They're, they're the ones that like really got me into uh comics and marvel in general so if i could get just those in like a wave that's like completely show accurate that that'd be that'd be what i want you know what i mean maybe you can go into like you know x-force or any of those things too so that that'd be what i want from the books i would love like astonishing x-men like we haven't done astonishing x-men in that wolverine suit that that's pretty awesome so yeah that's what i would love i'd love to crack the code on dioramas which we have not yet done the Star Wars team can, does some cool stuff recently in their uh, vintage series, which is three and three quarter, a little bit easier uh, to do versus six inch. And they had a brief run of like the centerpiece, which were not really articulated figures, but like worked in that world. Um, yeah, that's something that it's challenging and we'd have to figure out the best way to do it. But I think that could be that could be really fun, particularly for your comic based stuff, your, you know, your danger rooms and what have you. And um I've, I've had quite a few uh, brainstorms or pitch decks where I fondly uh, use the Diamond Select Ghostbusters wave uh, where they had like the rooftop and it was just like insane. So that's, I'm, I'm inspired by that kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, uh, along with creating a version of every X-Men character that's ever been done, I would, that would be awesome, would be, I'd like to figure out a way to translate the character's powers into a more realized uh, way we've we've made some fun little bits and pieces for you guys over the years with small power effects to kind of mimic you know uh, scarlet witch's magic hex powers and things like that but 
you know, to, to bring them to life the way the toy photographers do, where, you know, the powers actually look like they're glowing and emitting light or moving. It's, it's so magical. Um, and I know it's possible. I just don't know if it's possible, you know, for the uh, expense of what, you know, we do every day to try to get you the best quality item for the most mass market approved kind of price points. You know, but I would, you know, like the, like the eye of Agamotto that we uh, showed the other day where the time stone comes out, but it continues to glow for quite a while, you know, to be able to put like that type of technology into the spells of the characters and have them floating and actually being illuminated by their, you know, uh, the, 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 whatever it is that you put around them. I think that'd be a really magical way to display your toys. Um, I'm sure it'd be quite expensive, but you know, who knows what, who knows where we'll be five years, 10 years, you know, like you said, hopefully, hopefully we're all here for a very long time. So if that's the case, you know, I got uh, 20 ish years to, to, to figure out some of these things. So maybe, you know, we can, we can crack that nut someday. We're 20 foot blackbird. Let's go. 20 foot blackbird. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had a, we had, we had a seven foot USS flag back in the day, right? Yeah. So. What about like what about like a sixteen foot helicarrier for uh, for uh, for like a Hazlab in the future for our characters? Well, let's see how the fantastic car you announced are going to do. Oh, okay, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's having the realization of like, where am I going to put all these Sentinels now? And those Sentinels not even that big, really, like width wise. So. All right. Well, guys, thank you very much for the time. Always a pleasure. Some great reveals and yeah, some great teases for things coming up. I look forward to the next time you guys get on Pulse to let us know more. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Arnie. Thanks, Justin. Thank you. Marvelous you guys. toys. You guys are awesome. Keep it up. Thank you. So thanks for watching this episode of Marvelicious Toys or listening if you're listening to our audio podcast. We will be back in two weeks where we're going to be taking a look at the top five figures so far in 2021 and the top five figures we're looking forward to in the rest of 2021. That show will be up on August 16th. And so all that and more on the next Marvelicious Toys. Thanks for watching this video. You can see full episodes of Marvelicious Toys with more collecting news and reviews at MarveliciousToys.com. Until next time, make mine Marvelicious.